It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from WGU. Do you want a more skilled, loyal, and effective workforce? Consider a partnership with Western Governors University. Over 300 organizations already count on WGU for valuable education benefits. Students can fit schooling around their schedules and even complete courses and degrees sooner than planned. And it's all online. Partner with WGU to make a smart investment in your company's and your employees' future. Learn more at wgu.edu slash partnerships. Who they think you're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Lockdown Bengals Podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We've got a special treat for you today. Uh, over on twitch.tv, we are live streaming a mailbag, so that'll be segments two and three of the show. But as always, we start with catching you up with the latest news that's happening for the Bengals and the impacts of that news and the things that make that news interesting. And today, that is the release of Andy Dalton. I think that it is incredible that on Joe's last day on the podcast, the Bengals announced the release of Andy Dalton. And it's one of my favorite things about (laughs) this day, uh, because it's generally not a day that I looked forward to, but that little bit of irony makes it a little bit easier, I think. I don't know. It's funny, though, right? I got a lot of those messages of, of, you know, it's great to send off at the same time, especially after my, how I ended with a, my monologue yesterday of, uh, you know, at times that was the motivator to keep proving that the Bengals need to somehow find a, an upgrade at that position. And here we are. They have, and they've released Andy Dalton. Let's talk about that to start. Then we will log on to Twitch and do our live mailbag. Andy Dalton piled up 70 wins over his nine years with the Cincinnati Bengals, losing 61 games, tying two games, 133 games started, came in as a second-round rookie, and went on to start for nine years for the Bengals in what was really a surprise if you look at the history of second-round picks. I said when he was released this morning that Andy Dalton is a great human being, and this has been pointed out by everyone who's talked about his departure from the Bengals, his impact on the Cincinnati community off the field is one of the biggest of any player to ever don the Bengals stripes. On top of that, he wildly exceeds expectations for a non-first round quarterback over his tenure in Cincinnati. He wasn't the franchise quarterback that could push the team over the hump, but there were a few years when he looked all those things and they got to the playoffs and, and, Things just didn't go their way. Five years in a row coming into the league, going to the playoffs, Joe. That is rare, especially for a second-round quarterback. Especially if you go back to 2011 and being the second quarterback uh, taken even in that round and and all the quarterbacks that went in the first round, you look at that team he took over for, right? And it was a lockout-shortened year. We didn't have an offseason. 
everything was weird, mirroring mirroring much of what we're dealing with now in a different way where you got a rookie coming in and starting for you right away for a team that was expected to maybe be in the Andrew Luck sweepstakes the following year and maybe not win a game. There were some projections saying they're going to go 1-15 or 0-16. Instead, they came out and Pro Bowl years out of Andy Dalton and A.J. Green. Instantly, you felt like they had a chance. They built on that. They grew some a very, very good rosters and overall talent led by uh, a young quarterback that you felt like if you did surround them with talent, you could go somewhere with them. And it all culminated in 2015. I think that is the year we will remember. Andy Dalton goes 10-3, and three, has an MVP-type season, and then breaks his thumb. In Bengals fashion, the quarterback gets hurt when their team is assembled to make noise in the playoffs. And we'll always look back at that time and say, what if? Because the following four years after that, Hasn't been very kind to Andy Dalton and the rest of the Bengals, and their their um, roster talent has really depleted around him in, in the last four years. Now going 21, 35, and one as a starter for the Bengals, not great. But when you say he has still, even with that run of the last four years, um, is going to leave the Bengals as the quarterback with the highest winning percentage in franchise history. He also set records for most touchdown passes for the Cincinnati Bengals and the highest completion percentage. For the Cincinnati Bengals, it's interesting. You talk about 2015 being his best year, and I agree with you, but PFF would tell you that he actually graded higher in 2018, and we all remember they came out of the gates on fire that year, and mm-hmm. then everything fell apart as it did when, when players got hurt. And this has been the story of the Bengals in the last four years, not just Andy Dalton, who has clearly not been a top five, top eight quarterback, except for 2015, when you can make an argument that he was a top 10, top eight kind of guy. He's always been a little bit better than average or average almost every year in the league. 2018, though, when they came out on fire, that is the top graded year for him, according to PFF. And I think we said that from an evaluation standpoint, I loved Andy Dalton 2018. The way he was going off script, making plays in the pocket, finding Tyler Boyd when the, when the play broke down were things we've never seen before. We gave a lot of credit to Alex Van Pelt at the time. It didn't continue once guys got injured. It didn't continue into 2019. Ultimately, uh, him being benched last year was was uh, you know really the final sign that the team would move on eventually. But I look back at 2018 very fondly. 2015. 2013, he threw for a lot of yards. Man, it was a high-passing offense, high-octane offense with Marvin Jones, Mohamed Sanu, and and Tyler Eifert. And it was just, you could see right then and there what would come two years later in 2015. And then, for me, I put that rookie season, 2011, just because the expectations were as low as possible. And for him to come out and do what he did, um, all credit to him. Credit Andy Dalton for bringing me back from the cusp of abandoning my Bengals fandom in a year when I was not interested. Then they go draft A.J. Green. I hadn't heard of Andy Dalton when they drafted him. I just assumed he would never amount to anything. I was paying that little attention that year. He went on to be the focus of my Bengals life for the next nine years as I spent one year dedicated to just grading every throw he made. He is no longer with the Bengals, though. The Bengals said that they would release him if it would make him happy. One of the things that was important to them was letting him go on his terms. They couldn't find a trade partner. But it is said that Jacksonville and New England both have interest in Andy Dalton, and we wish him well wherever he lands. I know that sounds like kind of the end of the Andy Dalton conversation. I want to throw one more thing out there because I found this really interesting. Dan Daly tweeted that the Bengals release Andy Dalton, of course. He says it's easy to be underwhelmed by him, 
with his 0-4 playoff record and all, but only 16 quarterbacks since the 1970 merger have won 70 regular season games in their first nine seasons. And of that group, Dalton's 24 fourth quarter comebacks is tied for fourth. I just wanted to tell you what some of the other names are on this list. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, Joe Flacco, Jim Kelly, Brett Favre, Dan Marino, John Elway, Eli Manning, Troy Aikman, Donovan McNabb, Terry Bradshaw, and Philip Rivers. Andy Dalton is on a list that only those guys are on, and his fourth quarter comebacks in that time period are only behind Peyton Manning, Matt Ryan, and Russell Wilson. There's some pretty impressive numbers there in terms of how good the teams were with Andy Dalton, even if you don't believe in QB record, which we don't. But still, some impressive stuff for Andy there to be on a list with those other guys. Yeah, for sure. We're going to get into our mailbag coming up next. But first, for one last time, Joe is going to join me to tell you about a special offer for our listeners from Postmates. For a limited time, you can get $100 of free delivery credit with Postmates for your first seven days on the app. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDONNFL. And it's not just food, because I know that's what you're thinking about. Yes, they will bring you food from your favorite restaurant, and that's really useful right now. But they'll also get you stuff from Walgreens or 7-Eleven. Joe, where would you enlist Postmates today on your last day on the Locked On Bengals podcast? Well, I would do food, but yeah, corner store shopping and um, also for medicine. That sounds great. The best part about Postmate is the non-contact delivery. You know, they'll you deliver it, you pay on your phone and on the app, and they drop it off your front door. None of that business where you guys still got to, you know, hand off the receipts and, and the credit card and sign for it at the door. That's code Locked On NFL for $100 of free delivery credit on your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different. And that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car that's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made the purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door, or you can go and pick it up from one of the coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy, ensuring that you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check it out. The nation's fastest growing auto retailer at Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. Hey, what's happening? It's your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? Nah, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. 
They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close. So you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON to get your deposit matched halfway, all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at MyBookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. All right, Joe, we're into the farewell mailbag here. And predictably, in my opinion, we have some questions about your future and about the podcast future and not necessarily about the Bengals. But we do want to get to Bengals questions, guys. So keep that in mind as we go. We're streaming streaming this live on Twitch as we go. And that noise is the sound of a little donation. So thank you, Pendragon. Joe, our first question. Will you still talk to fans on Twitter about the Bengals as a fan, though. Yeah, that's definitely the plan. I am going to still be on Twitter, um, probably less, because I don't know if that I'll be able to help myself from trying to correct things, or even like if someone's released, and I know I'll still get questions of, should they sign them? I don't want to analyze. I don't want to answer questions too much. Um, So I'm going to try and pull back away from it now hard, and then as the season gears back up, I definitely will be around, especially every Sunday. I'll definitely be um, here to uh, have a good time. Everyone wants to have a good time. Next question, Joe, along those lines, is Taco Charlton worth a flyer? You tweeted about this today. Yeah, I think he is. He's 25 years old. He had five sacks last year, mostly mostly of the cleanup variety. Uh, But he's got decent size. He's got, and what I mean that he's, you know, 6'5 plus with long arms. And look at the Bengals depth chart right now at, at edge. If Khalid Kareem is the number four guy. He's going to play. I think I'd like to upgrade maybe from that spot and definitely hopefully keep five edge. Some teams are going to keep six edge guys. So the Bengals are definitely short at that position right now. Um, you've got to get them committed. you got to get a light, uh, light of fire under them. But other than that, uh, yeah, if you're talking about he's your fourth or fifth guy, I think he's worth it. Yeah, I mean, it's a waiver claim, right? We talked about when do you want to use your number one waiver priority. It's exactly in this situation. You find a guy that's a post-type kind of guy who's maybe underachieved a little bit, depending on who you ask. And and if he's getting released, he's underachieved a little bit. If you feel like he's got a good head on his shoulders, he's going to fit your culture. There's no reason not to give a guy like Taco Charlton a chance. And and some people really liked him going into the draft too. Uh, I, I think that one makes sense. All right, our next question comes from Dustono. And I wonder if this is Dusty Balls, judging from the dust <laughs> in front of his name. Do you think there will be a drastic difference with the overall season if Joe Burrow is sitting at home until June or July instead of being in-house in Cincinnati? You know, it's kind of funny on the day of Andy Dalton's release. Uh, they were sitting at home, right? They had to go and do their own um, player practices. Remember that? Where they were getting together. It was, it was Doma Tapeco leading the defense and Andrew Whitworth leading the offense. And they were getting together all around um, different areas and getting practice together. I'm not sure you can even do that this time. But I do – I don't – I'm not sure how much was getting installed in 2011 doing that. But I do think – you can get familiarized. You can probably throw the ball. You can do a lot of virtual stuff and get inst- installation of the plays that way. He seems like a super smart dude. I don't think it'll pr- be a problem for him. So a drastic change? No, I don't think so. I would like it if he had a chance to start developing some rapport with the wide receiver group. And we'll see if that happens. Chad Johnson, of course, invited them. He said he played defense. So if that happens, I think that'd be a lot of fun for everybody. 
Next question I want to ask you, Joe, LD Boyle 44 asks, you're stepping away for the right reasons. I have a fatherhood question for you. Okay. Which birthday hits you the hardest emotionally, your oldest or your youngest? Mm, the oldest every time. It's That was the life-changing one. That was the one where it was like, you know, it, I've seen it with different people and, um, you know, friends that either they s- instantly snap in the fatherhood or, or being a parent or they, you know, it takes some time. And um, so I always remember that first one and the, that nine months leading up and then it happening and we bought a house within like two months after that. Uh, at the time, my wife was um, living about an hour and 10 minutes away, and I was driving back and forth to work every day from that. And that wasn't so it was it was a grind. It was an experience. It was a wake up call at 23 years old. So it's always that one, because then now I always look at it and go, man, he's 10 now. Jeez, I, I we're getting old and we're getting old together. Back to a football question. Then after that heartfelt answer from Joe about fatherhood, Chris Dunham Jr. asks, outside of Josh Jones, what player are you upset the Bengals didn't pick in this year's draft? Mm. I mean, I'm still going to say Denzel Mims. And I know I like Higgins. And in fact, I had a higher, just barely higher grade on tape based on ability and, and, you know, production on tape uh, on Higgins than I did Mims. But at the same time, I still think you typically get high-end number ones, typically, when they have an athletic trait to lean on, when they have um, a little bit more production at at that level in college. Now, I can make excuses for Higgins and figure out why those things didn't happen for him based on testing and production analytics, but they were there for for Mims, and I don't really don't have to... um, to, to dig too hard. I'd be a little bit more excited if that was the case, but it's not something I'd split hairs or get, get mad over it. Or I am splitting hairs. I wouldn't get mad over it. I would just say, you know, they had a different preference there on a guy that I had not too far behind him. For me, I would say given that they had already drafted Logan Wilson, I still really like Akeem Davis Gaither and I'm excited for the unique skill set he'll bring to the team because he does something that nobody else on the team can really do with his athletic tools. But in the fourth round, I would have gone a different direction than back-to-back linebackers. I would have really liked Ben Barch there, the tackle or guard from St. John's that they had down at the Senior Bowl. And there are a couple other players in that round I would have liked too. Cameron Clark from Charlotte, potentially. James Lynch is a guy that we talked about a lot on the podcast. So those are kind of the guys that I'm looking at there. Then in the fifth round, I I, I kind of wonder. They just missed on Jack Driscoll and Tyler Beattas, who went back-to-back mm. before the Bengals pick. If they would have drafted either of those guys. I know that's not the question, but uh, I just think that was interesting. Yeah, you're right. I, I do wonder about Beattas. Our next question here comes from D. Cincy Sports Fan 18 And, Joe, you wanted to answer this one. I know you did. What are your tips for getting into scouting? And let me broaden the question because I think people will be wondering. There's a lot of people that are inspired by you, Joe. How do they get to where you are? Yeah, I field questions like this a lot. Where It's either um, how do I look at players more critically? How do I analyze? How do I write? How do I get into the business and get my name known or um, their content known? Uh, or how can I podcast? Whatever it is, because I've done a lot of things. Um, I usually answer the same way. And if you're like, say you're really green at watching players or, or evaluating and you want to learn how to do it, take one position. Take one position and learn it and focus on it. And even in the games while watching live, it may spark your interest in knowing every single thing you can find out about that position. And if that's the case, you'll know right then and there that you really enjoy doing it. And go from there. Read books, listen to people, ask questions. Um, 
be willing to learn. And and fr- from there, if you were already past that point where you feel good about player evaluation and you want to get into writing or you want your name to be more well-known or whatever the case may be, I say to everyone, be as niche as possible. Narrow your scope as much as possible. Whether it's um, right now you're talking about everything in the league, it's going to be hard to make your name. But if you go down to one team, much easier. If you go down to focusing on a specific position or position group and writing about them or showing videos or analysis or data on that, you're going to stand out as the only guy probably doing that. And I think uh, if you're really good at it, that's always the part. You have to be good at it. If you can tie all that together, I think you have a great shot at, um, at you know, landing somewhere or at least being known for the work you're putting in. All right, I want to go to a question from Kasha next because she she made that video. I, I'm sure you all saw everybody out there listening because Joe and I both retweeted it, and I I pimped it hard because I think it was fantastic. But Kasha wants to know, Joe, what some of your favorite memories are from doing this podcast. Um, bringing on Zach Taylor was awesome. Getting to meet and sit down and talk to Duke Tobin was fantastic. Both of those are like you've got a list of things you want to accomplish because like I've said in that monologue at the end, when I said, when I said I was getting out of here, um, I feel like I've done a lot. I feel like I've accomplished pretty much everything I, sh- I set out for. Those are two things I definitely wanted to do and, you know, fake like a real media member for a while. That was cool. Being that, you know, when I'd ever, whenever I go down to Mobile, Alabama, that's a great time to do that, but actually getting the access to go and talk to them and ask questions and seeing how they react differently because, I definitely know I'm asking different questions than the general media. And when you do that and you see them react and look at you, um, the one thing stands out is asking Duke Tobin about quarterbacks that can go off script and create and, and, and do things late and downs, secondary reactions. And, and he stops, you know, he was looking down, he was getting some chew for, to put in and he stops and he looks at me and he goes, yeah, that's very important. And he goes off talking very naturally and excited almost rather than more prepared answers that he gave us. So like when you get those little moments, it's like, ah, okay, you're getting, you're striking the right chord there. Yeah. For me, it's, it's been, and I don't know if people are even asking or care about what I have to say, but I'm answering anyway. Uh, for me, it, it's really been the stuff in the last couple of weeks. I mean, we've done some crazy things that I didn't think we'd be able to do. We have Willie Anderson. We had yeah. Zach Taylor in back-to-back days. I mean, that, that's like, a mountaintop i've talked to zach taylor before but getting to talk to him on our terms and in our medium i talked to him in paul brown stadium with john sheeran and nick manchester and you know it's a little it's a little different when you're in his house and he's just gotten off the podium doing a press conference he's still in press conference mode and and what was great about the zach taylor thing in particular is the, the feedback we got like we had media members saying hey man that was great that was better than what we get out of zach taylor you guys were prepared you asked good questions and that affirmation was was really special and and so along with that like the bengals have been really good working with us their media relations team has really opened up they continue to work with us i hope i I, unless they're only working with us because you're here joe then maybe i'm out of luck but i i I don't think that's the case Uh, and also we were on the news that was pretty cool. That's right. That's I right. mean, twice in a week, we were on the news in, in Cincinnati for making a podcast. And I think a lot of that's because the sports world is pretty dead right now and, and there's no Cincinnati Reds for them to talk about. But that was pretty cool. Jeremy Brown noticed us enough to, to put us on the news. 
We're going to keep taking questions in our live chat, and we'll keep taking questions for the podcast coming up next. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't want to do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash EMC. Support for this podcast comes from The First One with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is The First One. We hear from all the A-list music stars like J Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. It's almost like sometimes before you even get in the industry, it's like you set up to fail. And there's so many moments where you can win. And the winning is great, but it's so many things that you go through to get to the win. And so much more who tell their stories about the first hits that took them to the next level, changed their life, overlooked to being overbooked. When I was recording the song, I already knew it was going to be a global hit. And I'm not joking, my G. I really felt it inside of me. I was like, I just can't wait to see a number one. Join me every Thursday with the first one drops only on Amazon Music. Let's go. All right, continuing our mailbag, we're looking back on our questions in our Twitch chat here. Dustono, again, asks, what do you think about Jason Peters? Is he worth signing for right tackle, Joe, or would you have to play him at left? For Peters, I mean, living in Buffalo or outside of Buffalo, here's the situation. He was a college tight end that was huge and athletic. And they developed him on the practice squad, and they played him on special teams. I mean, you should have seen this back in, like, 04. He's running down on the kickoff team, this monster that's 300-plus pounds, and he's getting down there first. Um, he it was he was a, a ball of clay that they formed, and he played some right tackle, but they like were like, you're going to be a future left tackle in the NFL if you can figure it out mentally. He kept making mistakes. Ross Tucker, who um, hosts the podcast, played for the Bills at the time. Harvard dude, super smart. He'd be like, man, you can play, but you've got to get it. You know, you got to learn what you're doing. You So many mistakes, they couldn't get him out on the field. So they just pared it down the one spot of learn left tackle, and we'll see you in a couple years, basically. And he was, he came out the other end of that fantastic Hall of Fame type career at left tackle. Uh, he hasn't touched right tackle since 06, I believe. He split some of his time at left tackle, right tackle, as he was still getting in. So it's been 15 years almost, 14 years, but a 13 hour math works. But, um, I think he's a left tackle, and if he's 38, I don't know how I'm going to switch a guy that's that's 38 years old to right tackle, where Jonah has actually played right tackle at Alabama. So for me, you could draft a left tackle next year. You, here's the situation. Jonah's not the biggest guy, fantastic player, smart player, technically sound, everything you want besides the size and athleticism. He could be a guard or right tackle if, like, say, like, Bengals are drafting top three next year, and Penny Sewell's there from Oregon. Well, guess what, Jonah? You're moving. So, like, in that scenario, you shouldn't hold on to the idea that Jonah has to play left tackle. It'd be great if he did, but he has experience and has a body type of other positions. And if I, that means I'm getting Jason Peters for a year and we're kicking Bobby Hart to the bench or off the team and using that money for Peters and putting Jonah at right tackle or guard, um, I'm not against that at all because I think overall you're upgrading the offensive line. But I just want to move him to right tackle at this age and what he's gone through. Yeah, I think it's worth it to acquire Jason Peters. There's very, it's very hard for me to make an argument against trying to acquire Jason Peters. I think that 
he's still a very good player and he and he continues to be and he has been for the last few years late in his career uh i I feel differently about this than i felt about uh trent williams and and the the trade acquisition from washington joe next question 34 and 23 asks how would you rate joe burrow on a scale of hawkeye to captain america and personally this question confuses me i don't know which of these is high and which of these oh come on but uh, I'm assuming you know, so I'll let you answer the question. Yeah, Hawkeye's a one. I mean, he is an Avenger, so I mean, we're talking. He's still a quality uh, asset to the team. But Cap is a see. I don't even know if Cap's a ten. Like, it is he my favorite? Sure of the of the Avengers, but I mean, like Thor is a ten, Vision's a ten in, in terms of power, strength, and and hard to beat. But uh, but Cap seems to find a way to survive. Cap's probably a good comparable. Because of the leadership, the intensity, the 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 desire to win and how to win, but yet it doesn't have all the physical things you're looking for. I mean, compared to the regular person, he is. But amongst the uh, um, gods and and aliens, he's just a dude. And uh, so yeah, I think he's on the level of Cap. He's up there with whatever number grade you'd give that. If that's a a nine out of ten or an eight out of ten. Sox sixty two wants to know Joe based on the over under of five and a half wins that is set in Vegas for the Bengals right now. Today on Thursday, April 30th, are you taking the over or the under? I'm taking the over. It's This is based on a 16-game schedule, right? We're not um, – there's no – you're not going to hit me with, oh, they only played 10 games. Sorry, it was still five and a half. Um, I do think the pieces are in place. Health is always the issue. We always say if they stay healthy, and there's no reason to believe they will based on history. Um uh, if they're healthy, though, they I don't see any reason why they're not still in the hunt. And that can, can include a lot of bad teams in December sometimes, but they're still in that category off on the side somewhere in December, which usually means six, seven, maybe potentially eight wins. I don't think that's crazy at all. Yeah, the only reason I'm taking the over here, honestly, is because I think they're due for some significant regression. And I think there's some reason to buy into the fact that the offensive line is not exactly a garbage heap. It is... Not necessarily good. They get Jonah Williams back, and in the second half of the season last year, they proved that they could block below-average NFL defenses well enough. And and most of the time, half the time, you're playing a below-average NFL defense in terms of pass rush, in terms of you know all those things that uh, you know you, you have to worry about your offensive line doing. So that being the case you expect some modest improvement from second year players like Michael Jordan you expect you know competition to breed a little bit better play along the offensive line that plus one score game regression plus hypothetically better quarterback play plus hypothetically AJ Green being healthy all those things to me combine to taking the over I'm also a Bengals fan next question I want to get to Joe assuming Michael Jordan and Bobby Hart are both starters who has a longer leash Hmm. Now that's a good question. I would say, well, okay. At first I was going to say Jordan because he was a Jim Turner draft pick, but knowing how much Jim Turner backed and wanted to bring back Bobby Hart at right tackle, maybe there's a similar leash there. But although I would say, yeah, man, now I'm battling myself internally because I would say there's more competition if Fred Johnson takes that step at right tackle than there is at guard. But that may not be true because I think, Turner may like Redmond. I think uh, maybe Ed, Ed Inigi gets in there in that competition at guard. And then Billy Price, too. So 
there's enough reason to think there's enough competition there that the the leash should be short on both guys. But that I think the leash could be short on Hart where, like, that's it. We're not going to see him again. Where it's – with Jordan, it may be, okay, you still need a little bit more time, right? You got benched last year and was, we eventually saw him again once he was better later in the year. So I, I don't think that's unreasonable to think that could happen again. I think that that's a really interesting question because I think they have – like relatively equal leashes, but Michael Jordan's going to get more chances. If they pull him out, like you said, Joe, he's going to get back in at some point in the year. We saw it in his rookie year. There's no reason to think they wouldn't give that chance to him in his second year. And he should be mm-hmm. better. Like he, he should be better. If he's not better, maybe that means that you don't give him another chance. If he's the same guy that graded like a 32, a couple of games, well, then you just don't give him another chance. Meanwhile, Bobby Hart is going to be a guy who, if he ends up not winning the starting job, and if they decide to keep him on the roster as a swing tackle because maybe Hakeem Adenogy isn't ready or maybe they don't feel like O'Shea Dugas can step up to the plate, Bobby Hart's a really good backup tackle. So uh, I, they could keep him in that role and then, you know, he wouldn't be starting, but he, he could be seen, like I said, as a very good backup tackle because I think that if Bobby Hart's your first tackle off the bench, you see him a lot differently than if he's being asked to be your starting right tackle, right? So... Um, mm-hmm. he definitely has some value as a swing tackle. Next question, Jcav underscore eight. Should I stop asking the Bengals to hire you, Joe? Yeah, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Uh, you know what? The, um, the dream job would be replace, uh, Jeff Hobson, right? Like when Jeff Hobson retires and you can do that from the team, you know, within the building. And, uh, I think that's the, the, that, that maybe that's not, maybe that's a still a out of reach um, dream, but that would be the one not being a, you know, scout that travels and do all that. That's a young man's job. And I think I, I probably missed that opportunity. The Jeff Hobbs and dream job. That that's different. Or, or if they were going to make you a GM, I think you'd do that. Right. Cause that's a crazy amount of money. We're not going to take any more questions here. I'm going to try to keep it together and give Joe my heartfelt farewell. Uh, we've been doing this together for over a year now and I have been out of the game. I had been, uh, you know, I started with pro football focus. I did some stuff for Cincy jungle, but I, nobody ever wanted to pay me to do this. And, uh, Joe and I've done some projects about together before we have, we, we wanted to do this streaming thing actually years ago. What, before you started with the athletic, we started doing, we're going to start streaming tape. We're going to put videos up on YouTube. And uh, we did a few of them. They're still up there. Uh, we look real bad on Derwin James. We look pretty okay on, on Billy Price, I think. But uh, Joe gave me this opportunity to come and do this podcast with him. And I, uh, I, I think I'll be grateful for him to him for that forever. He gave me a, a platform. And I've always felt that I was up to the job, but uh, I wouldn't have had the opportunity without Joe. And and we've taken this podcast from, I, I don't remember what it was when we started, Joe, but today we had 13,000 downloads. The, the Joe Farewell episode itself has like 7,000 downloads. We spent the NFL draft weekend near the top 10 of NFL podcasts. We've been living in the top 25 for the last month. There's a lot of excitement around the Bengals, to be sure, but I think that that's a testament to what we built together, and uh, I look forward to carrying that torch forward as best I can. Well, thank you, Jake. It's been a um, 
a pleasure. It's been something new that I didn't want to dive into alone. And I knew I could count on you for a lot of the stuff that I did not understand and a lot of the support and structure that I typically don't um, operate with. So uh, I appreciate that. And, and thank you for that. And you'll be fine going forward. I, um, I'm happy we were able to do it and accomplish it and do it well and, 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 you know, be recognized for it, which is always the goal, but, uh, we did it, you know, we should be happy and proud of the work we put in together for the last, what's it been 15 months. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate you. And, uh, this isn't the end for us as friends and probably partners in, in the future or doing things together. So, um, it's not so much goodbye between each other more as it is a send off to the listeners of us together. That's right. Uh, we'll talk about the future on Monday. We, I think, are the best at what we do. And we're going to continue to try to do that on the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Until Monday, Bengals fans, have a good one. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wild card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason. Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020, and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers, and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.